It is Thursday. It's another episode of the Late Night Vision Show. Thank you all for joining us. It is, uh, it's good to be back to you. We always enjoyed producing these shows, getting them ready for you. Uh, and I know that uh, as much work as it is to do these shows, uh, the reward definitely outweighs all of that. And the first one to tell you, and the first one to be most excited about recording these shows every week is our own Jason Robertson, the owner of Outdoor Legacy. Uh, what's going on? What What are we talking about this week? Uh, we've got a big show. This is a topic that uh, we have been getting requests for uh, probably for a couple of years, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Pulsar Krypton uh, mm-hmm. 640 high resolution thermal clip on. And yeah. uh, this unit, uh, this has been a lot of buzz around this unit. It's been in Europe for, for a good while, finally made its way to the U.S. You and I have been testing it for a while. And uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say yeah. because it, it hasn't been out for a couple of years, but it's been out in Europe. Yeah. For quite a long time, we've had people asking about the Pulsar clip-ons, the the Krypton and the Proton, which we haven't yet reviewed as well. But like, when are y'all gonna? When are, when does it come to the United States? When are you gonna be talking about it? So, uh, the Europeans they had it for quite a bit longer than than we had it here in the United States, and we just we've had them for a little bit and been testing them. But yeah, the the anticipation has been there for a very long time. A very long time. Yeah, and and to be clear. Uh, you and I have had these units for a while. We had them before they were released, the Krypton and the yeah. Proton. We, we've had them both. Mm-hmm. They are both available, uh, you know, in stock for sale now. Uh, but we've had them, been testing them. Like I said, I don't know. We even, what do we have them? A couple months before they even came out. So they've been out on the market mm-hmm. now for a while. Right. Uh, I'm going to tell you this, say that up front. This is a complicated optic. I mean, the complicated review. There's a lot going on here. You're going to see that when we get into it. That's one of the reasons Hans and I waited so long to actually review this. We wanted to really get in here and and figure a lot of stuff out with these, figure out, you know, kind of who they're good for, who they're not, just some some things about them. We wanted to be a little more sure of ourselves before we reviewed it. Um, and I think we've, we've got enough time behind them. We're as ready as we'll ever be. <laughs> we're ready as we ever be, and we we talked about it a lot this morning. We've been planning for it. You know, t- the 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 idea of clip-ons is such a talk a talked about topic uh, on the forums, on social media. Anybody, any anytime any company mentions a clip-on, everybody gets really excited. The excitement for the the Pulsar, Krypton, and Proton has been some of the the you know bis- biggest excitement we've mm-hmm. seen about any product for a long time, as far as the lead up to the the launch and the release. And I'm going to say, and, and I'll say this, and not to uh, outrun myself on the review, um, this this optic is going to be perfect for somebody out there. But you need to stay tuned to the show to see if you are that right somebody. Because it's not for everybody, just like any optic, but it's perfect for somebody. So if you are interested in clip-ons, if you are a Pulsar fan, definitely stick with us. We're going to get into the specs, the ID ranges. Jason's going to be showing the optic. Uh, I've got the optic mounted on a rifle, so I'm going to fumble with it. If you are listening on iTunes, listen on any audio-only version, if you want to see Jason, I'll fumble around and look goofy on camera trying to handle this thing. Go hop on over to YouTube. Uh, but as always, if you're interested in purchasing any night vision or thermal optic and you have questions, uh, you need to know 
you know, what compares to this, the image to this, whatever. If you're trying to figure it all out, give Jason and I a call at 877-350-1818. You can find all of our optics on OutdoorLegacyGear.com. Jason, do you have anything you want to add before we jump right into the specs? Two things. One, um, Hans was right, Uh, folks. If you have an interest in this optic, watch this entire show. Okay, Um, I, I know these shows are long. And we talk a lot, and I know you know some guys really like that, some guys really hate that. Uh, here's the thing: if if you're looking at spending fifty three hundred dollars on this unit, it is worth your time to to watch this show and see really what's going on with this. And, and the reason is, you may get to the end of it and go, "Yep, that's exactly what I need. I just wasted forty five minutes. I already knew that before." But I think there's going to be some people get to the end and go, "Wait a minute." Uh, this may not be exactly what I need. There may be another Pulsar optic that's going to suit mm-hmm. me better. I, I might I need, might not need to get this. So we don't want somebody to make a $5,300 mistake. And we want right. to make sure that the guy who's maybe on the edge makes the right choice and buys it. So that's going to be number one. Number two, I'm going to talk about an elephant in the room. This is for um, our listeners who have been with the Late Night Vision show uh, for a long time. Maybe you've Maybe you're a customer of Outdoor Legacy. You've talked to Hans and I, and you know what um, our our past public comments uh, about clip-ons uh, is. We've got a whole show. I don't remember the show number. Uh, we talked about clip-ons uh, and why we didn't think they were uh, the right choice for most people. And so I've had a lot of guys asking, okay, the Krypton's out. I know y'all are using it. Um, I see you're selling it. So has your your opinion <laughs> changed on clip-ons? Yeah. And I would say this, um, watch to the end of the show. And I think that uh, we will will give you our opinion uh, at the end if we have completely changed our mind on clip-ons or not. Uh, so so stick with us. All right, Hans, let's get into this thing. we got a lot to talk about in a short time to do it. Yeah, we do have a lot. So let's get into the specs and and. Jason basically gave away the, the, the hill of beans or all the beans or whatever, any reference to beans there is when it comes to giving away the surprise. The price on it's $5,300. It's just under $5,300, to be exact, $5,299.97. There you go. So uh, you can keep that three cents and shove it where <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do with it. You're not going to buy uh, any gas, that's for sure. No, exactly. Uh, so this is it's a 640 uh, by 480 thermal core resolution, and I'm y'all. You're gonna see me look down at my notes. Maybe Jason's gonna show this. I'm gonna show the optic while we're doing it, but I've got a bunch of notes, so I'm gonna be looking down while I'm doing it. Uh, 640 by 480 thermal core resolution is a 12 micron, uh, 50 hertz refresh rate. The display resolution, kind of an unusual number here. It's uh, 1,746 by 1,000. So take that for what it is. Doesn't really mean a lot to you, but. Um, that's what you got. It is a basically no magnification. It starts out on one X magnification. So, uh, essentially no magnification through the clip on, which you would kind of expect, but if you use it in monocular mode, there's Jason, you can talk about that later as far as how to Mm -hmm. briefly, we don't spend a lot of time, but how to turn it into a monocular. If you have it in monocular mode with the, um, attachment, it starts out on five X. So that's, that's a lot Mm -hmm. for a monocular. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, if it's here we get into the complicated part. And again, I'm going to keep saying we're going to talk about this later because there's a lot to discuss. The The recommended daytime optic for this is going to be a 1.5 to 6 power. 
Um, I have mine uh, mounted on a three by nine by 50. So three power to nine power uh, by 50 millimeter um, objective lens vortex is what I have mine on. And that's what I tested on all the videos that you see. Um, that's what I was using. So we'll be rolling videos as well. Um, it's got a, it says it's got a detection range of 2,300 yards. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, but while, while we're in this section, I'll talk about what I experienced with ID range. Um, the videos that you see and that you're looking at, um, clearly you can see deer at 300 yards, know exactly what they are. Um, I've got videos of hogs at 400, 450 yards could clearly tell that they were hogs. Um, I, I feel safe to saying that safe to say that the uh, identification range is conservatively four to 500 yards. It might be further in some situations, um, but I, I would be conservative to say that because we've got videos and you can tell exactly what, what it looks like at that range. Uh, if you disagree, Jason, you can bring that up at sure. the, the very tail end of this show uh, <laughs> when the music's playing. How about that? <laughs> uh, it does have video and audio recording, very similar to all the Pulsar products. Um, it has two color palettes, white hot and black hot. Very easy to switch back and forth on that. Uh, it does have recharge. It's got a rechargeable, removable battery pack. It's an IPS seven, uh, eight hour battery pack on it. The operating temperatures minus thirteen degrees uh, Fahrenheit to one hundred and twenty two degrees uh, Fahrenheit. That's a very big, wide range. It is waterproof, IPX seven rating, and the I'm going to show it right now since this is the last spec I'm going to talk about. Fully loaded, this optic, and I'm going to say when I say fully loaded, that means with the attachments and the battery on it, it's 28 ounces. So just a little under two pounds. So, Jason, while you're talking, I'm going to show this optic on the rifle itself and on the scope, well, and then I'm going to he, take it off. And here's the thing. I there. think that you need to go ahead and show that uh, because yeah. when I'm talking, I'm going to be showing – what's in the box so we can't be both showing at once so why don't you go ahead and and show I'm them on the rifle yeah. yeah so here's what it looks on the, on the on the rifle it's hard to get my mouth close to the microphone i'm holding like this uh so obviously i've got my three by nine uh vortex scope here uh get your uh, attachments you get your battery pack your you, you can kind of get a sense of what it looks like uh, like again they recommend that you use it on a 1.5 to 6 power optic but that's what it looks like fully loaded on the rifle. It, the way it sits right now, 28 ounces. So you're good to go, Jason. I'm cleared up. I've set it down now. I'm going to take it off. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so we're, <laughs> so, so we're good. It's, we're fumbling, y'all. We're fumbling. Go ahead. Right. It's, it's, a, it's, you got to show this thing on the rifle because that's the whole part of it, but we're not used to showing optics with daytime optics <laughs> right. as well. So, Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this case up. I'm gonna show you what this thing comes in. I'm gonna have to probably get far from the microphone as well because this <laughs> that this thing comes in a big hard case and it yeah is, you described it as a suitcase. Basically. I, it is a suitcase. <laughs> I'm gonna move the microphone away a little bit. Hang on, this thing is yeah. huge. It's gonna completely take up the whole screen, cover me up. Some people probably like that better. It is giant. Yeah. I mean this. I I mean I'll say this. My, my, let me get the mic back over here. I'm, I'm figuring that the reason the box is this big is because somebody got a really, really good deal on this size because <laughs> it didn't need to be quite this big. I, I'm going to, I'm going to lift this up and show it now. You can see folks, uh, you can barely see. Oh my gosh. This is, this is so clumsy here. I'm going to try it again. 
I mean, there's a lot of spare room. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know why the box was was this big. But okay, so I'm going to show you what's in the box, and it's this is fumbling around. All right, so you've got your bag in the box that the unit itself comes in. All right, little zippered bag here. Um, so we've got the unit itself. All right, we'll do a walk around on this in just a minute. I'm just going to go ahead and show you what's in the box. So there's the unit. Um, I'm going to do this real quickly. You, you don't need to see this. I'm not even going to take it out of the packaging. There is a wall charger. There is the uh, little cradle charger that you're going to put the, the battery in. Uh, here, I'll tell you what. We'll show you this because the battery's not on it. I took that off, making all this noise. All right, here is the battery. It does have a cradle charger. It's got a cable right here. Uh, you can plug that directly into the wall to charge it. Also, something interesting I haven't seen for a long time, Pulsar is including their little remote control. This is something used to come with a lot of their optics years ago. They quit because really nobody needed them or used them, yeah. but it's back. And uh, it's not something that I used with this unit, but I can see where some people might want to because you're going to have to reach way out there. Uh, to to you know manipulate the scope and get in the menu and do those things. So some people might want to use that uh, themselves, you know, as as a way to not have to reach so far out. So, all right, you're going to get two adapters. These you've already seen these on Hans's rifle on his scope. Um, these are uh, ones called they're called a PSP fifty and a PSP forty two. And basically, uh, you know, this is going to mount to the unit itself. I'll show that in a second. And then this is going to go onto the bell or the objective lens of your daytime optic. There's these little inserts in here. And this is how you get it to fit all the different, um, you know, objective lens, bell, bell, I can't say bell of your scope, uh, the different sizes for the different objective lens. You see all these? All these are little rubber inserts that you can take out and you can put inside of here to make sure that it fits tightly. And mm -hmm. there, there's a bunch. There's a lot going on here, folks. You got two different ones of these, then you got a ton of these. And what you're going to do is. Uh, you're going to tighten this down when you get it and it slides on there good and firm. Then there's this throw lever, this locking lever, and you'll lock that down. And if it's not tight enough, like, I mean, you go, man, it, it, it fits snug, but this doesn't seem to be doing much. You can, you can go in here. There's a little Allen head screw and or bolt, and you can tighten that up. When you tighten this down, folks, you want it to be snug, but if you got to come over here and put four fingers on here, don't. You can screw up your daytime scope if you get this way too tight and you've got all this leverage that's squeezing down. So be careful with that. You want it tight enough that it doesn't move, tight enough that it doesn't fall off, but not so tight that you're going to damage your daytime scope. I'm going to come back to this in a minute. Um, you've also got a, a bunch of these little... Um, uh, Allen wrenches in here. This is for all the adjustments you're going to need to tighten this thing up. I'll show that in a minute. This is the very best way to mount this. This comes in the U.S. version. This is a quick detach mount made for a Picatinny rail. 
my advice, and I'm going to go ahead and I'll give this away now. We'll bring it back and talk about it later. My advice, the very best way to mount this is on an AR-15 or a rifle that has a rail all the way out in front of the scope. I know immediately a lot of the bolt-action shooters in the room go, well, that doesn't help me. Uh, well, you've got, you've got these if that's what you're going to do, but this is by far the easiest, the best, the quickest, the most secure way to mount this is on a rail. So if you have that option, that's what I would do. If not, then you need to use these adapters. Um, that's basically everything that's in the box. All of that comes with the Krypton. Okay. Again, there may be some different stuff in the UK or in Australia. We're talking about the US. This is what comes here. Now, I'm going to do a quick walk around of this unit, uh, and then I'm going to show a little more about how it works. So this is the Krypton. You are looking at the top of it. So normally it would be sitting like this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put the battery on it. So right here, you've got this locking lever, and this is just a protector plate that comes on it. You don't need that. And then you will put this battery on the side. All right, so now the battery is locked in. So there's your battery. Again, we're looking at the top of the unit. This is the focus. So this focuses the objective lens. And so, so even though, you know, you got to think about it, even though you're putting this on your scope and you may have to adjust the diopter on your scope to make sure that, that, that it's clear when you're looking at the screen inside of here, you're still going to have to focus this optic, all right? So mm -hmm. there's the focus. And then here are your control buttons. And you've got, uh, you know, basically a menu button, then your left and right to, to you know, go through the menu. You've got your power button, and, you know, you can also use these buttons for other things. This will, you know, start and stop recording, what have you. Uh, on this side, basically, there's a little, you know, Weaver Picatinny rail. There is a USB battery pack. That is one way that you can get the videos off this unit. You can also use an external battery pack if for some reason you needed to. But you're looking, to six, it's looking at six or eight hours of battery here. I don't think you're going to need that. Um, lens cap. This is a very different lens cap from what we're used to with Pulsar. It is a twist lock, kind of a strange thing. So uh, normally we're used to the, the hinged lens caps. I have no idea why they didn't use that here. It's a twist lock. And then right back here. All right, we're almost done. This is a, just a little rubber cap, and this protects not only your threads that are here, but it protects the screen that's in there. So your scope is going to be looking at that screen. So I'm going to show you this real quick. Um, if you were going to use this Picatinny mount, you are just going to take this, and I said I'm, you're just going to do this if I can get these threads started. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to you're going to screw this in. There is a whoop. I already dropped it. It is not working as planned. Um, there is all these. This is such a disaster. Okay. It's going. There's all these threads. I'm not going to show you. You know how to thread something on. So basically, you would mount this on your Picatinny rail, and this would sit right out front. Mm -hmm. Also, now this, now I'm out here. I'll show it because I know there's going to be a lot of guys that are using this on their daytime scope. Same exact thing, okay? You, you just, and Hans probably knows what I'm fixing to show. 
Um, I have no clue. Yeah, you do. <laughs> You're going to know when I start showing. But I'm, I'm trying to get yeah. this mounted. This, this, right, get this right. screwed in here. All right. Yeah. There it goes. All right. Here's why. You see why this is so hard? Look at this, folks. All right. The reason this is flopping around is so that you can get this lined up perfectly with your mm -hmm. scope. That's you see this that there is those female threads in there that I'm screwing into are loose as a goose. It's like a like a barrel in there and they can move any direction, 360 degrees all around. And that's good. You want that. So when you get this right where you want, you're going to come right up here on the top. You're going to take those uh, Allen wrenches and you're going to tighten this up and you're going to get it pretty tight where you can still move it. Watch, I'm going to show you all just a little bit, you know, left to right, up, down, get it right where you want and you're going to tighten that down. Okay. And so that is, that is going to have to be done to make sure that you get it perfectly lined up. And, and the way to know mm -hmm. is you're going to turn it on. You're going to look through your daytime scope into this and you're going to go, okay, where does this need to be? And, and that, I'm going to tell you, it takes three hands to do that. <laughs> okay. So it's, it, it takes three, it takes that you may need somebody to hold that because it's, you can't have the thing flopping around. You got to get it pretty tight right. and then you just make those mm -hmm. fine adjustments and then you tighten it up. Okay. So I know this has been cumbersome and, and guys, there's a lot here. There's a lot to this. Um, I want to explain a couple things and, and I'm going to put this box down. It is all up in my way. I shouldn't shouldn't need it anymore okay so when you turn on the menu in this this is going to be different than than other pulsar optics so a normal pulsar optic or really any brand of optic normally the menu pops up on the left side of your screen really cool great idea Pulsar made a circular menu that pops up right in the mm. center of your display screen. Okay. And so you, you know, it's, it's right there in the middle and you still use your left and right and it just makes a circle. You can go, you know, check out all the different things there and, and uh, you know, whatever you need to do in there. That's really cool. At the bottom of the display, and this is going to be important in a minute. Hans knows where I'm going with this. At the bottom, you still have your normal information strip. Um, that shows all kinds of things. It shows whether you're in black hot or white hot. It shows the calibration mode, whether you're in automatic, semi, or manual. There's a little timer comes up that lets you know uh, if you're in auto calibration that it's going to recalibrate in three, two, one, zero seconds. Uh, you've mm -hmm. got your... Uh, uh, shows if the Wi-Fi is on. It shows what, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the I'm trying to think of the, the, gosh, I'm going blank on the word, Hans. Uh, whether you're in the rock trees, the, what mode? What, what like mode yeah, you're in? Yeah. Preset mode. Preset yeah. mode. Sorry, yeah. I couldn't think of the word. Yeah. Um, also shows down there. This is different, guys. A normal Pulsar optic, when you press the record button up in your very, top uh i want to say it's in the left side of the screen it pops up showing you that you're recording and there's a you know a counter there it shows how many seconds or minutes you've been recording the way this does it and it may do that on the left i'm not sure which or right but on this it pops up in a little circle for just a second and it's not all the way up at the top right it's it's down a little bit and it just pops up and it says recording down on your 
information strip on the bottom, that's where you're going to be looking to see, am I recording? It's going to show if it's paused, if it's recording, uh, if it's off, that's where you're going to know, uh, not looking at a counter that's up there all the time. So there are some important things on that information strip down there that you're probably going to want to see. Um, I am all over the place. Hans, I know I'm hogging the show, but there's a lot of things I'm thinking of. You mentioned the monocular attachment. That does mm -hmm. not come with the unit uh, as it's sold here in the U.S. It's something that can be purchased separately. They're about $250, and I'm very sad to say it makes it a five power optic. It is also a very long eyepiece. Uh, I mean, it's it's four to six inches long. It makes this really big, kind of awkward. And again, it is a five power unit. Um, we, I'll just be honest, if you want one of those, we'll special order one for you. But I haven't found anybody who really wanted the five power monocular yet. So most guys are just not using that. Uh, had it been you know, uh, say a one and a half or two and a half power, I think it would have been a lot more popular. But at five power, most guys just don't need that kind of magnification uh, for their monocular. So it is an option out there, but it's not wildly popular. A uh, couple more things uh, I want to mention uh, while I'm just kind of on this roll here. Uh, the recording that you're going to see out of this, this has to be remembered. And I think there's a lot of guys that, that just don't grasp this. Any recording, video recording that you see from a Krypton came from this unit that is, it is recording right here. And this sits in front of your 12 inch long daytime scope. The recording you see here will likely be better than what you see through the scope. Because that's not, it is done here. You're not looking through multiple pieces of glass to see this computer screen that's inside of here. Right. Okay. Right. So that's something to remember. If you see a video and you say, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. You're probably going to see a little less than that through the scope. If you see that video and you go, oh my gosh, that's not great. You're probably going to see a little less than that through the scope. Yeah, it's exactly. also worth mentioning that the, and I don't know why this is, on most Pulsar units, they record in 1024 by 768 resolution. This unit records in 960 by 720. So it's actually recording in a lower resolution. I don't really know why that is, but, but it is. Again, I'm not talking about the 640 by 480, you know, 17 micron. This, it, it's the, it, it's the, uh, actual recording of it. All right, Hans, I've talked straight here for, for 20 minutes. I know there's yeah, a lot of other things we want to get into, but I didn't want to leave any of this major stuff out while, while I was kind of going around the walk around. What have I missed here that, I mean, you've been sitting there going, what about this? Sounded like you were trying to put together like a 10,000 piece erector set of it's a little a bit like Disney, that. Disney princess. It's a, it's a little bit like extra that. Legos. And you got, <laughs> you finish and you're like, how do I have a hundred pieces left over? And I'm finished, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, you, you it, there's a lot. And I know folks don't be overly intimidated by it. Um, if, if Jason and I, and I know this is our full-time job, but honestly, y'all, 
when we first got these things, you and I sat in a Whataburger parking lot, yeah, which if you're not true. familiar with Whataburger, it is a fast food restaurant, very famous down here in Texas, uh, where we usually meet up. We sat in the parking lot in your truck and basically put these things together right yeah, out of the did. box. We fumbled uh, so a little bit because we didn't. We fumbled, know. but and, but yeah. it's not... It, 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 there are your stacking components. There's, you know, there's more to it than just slapping a rifle on your scope, uh, you know, like a regular dedicated thermal scope. But it's not as difficult as it seems. Like I said, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of help out there too, and a lot of resources that, mm -hmm. that you know, so, you can so use. But we can help, definitely help you. Speaking of that, there is, uh, this is worth noting, the the in the in the box are quick start guides. That's what Pulsar puts in there, a quick start guide. If you want the full manual, which it's going to explain way more, it's online. Right. You'll have to, you know, yep. you can Google it, you can find it. It Pulsar puts it on their website, but it is not in the box. So if you get this and you're like, I don't know where to start and stop and this doesn't tell me, you need the manual. And the manual mm -hmm. is online in a PDF. Uh, that way they can make changes, you know, if there if there's been changes to the firmware, what have you. Uh, so I, I know that I just kicked it back to you and I'm going to take it back over, but there's a couple things that I do want to talk about in, in this unit and, and that I just don't want to forget this. So it really has to do more with the menu and, and how it's working. So guys, I'm going to tell you, some people put these on their rifles or on their scopes and they don't experience much maybe none, uh, POI shift. However, we did. We experienced POI shift. And from, from you know, our understanding, it seems to be fairly common. Now, I know immediately there's this collective, you know, you know sigh, oh my goodness. The good thing is you do not have to re-zero your scope. What you can do is uh, Pulsar has a feature in here. Uh, you actually press and hold this menu button for 10 seconds and it brings up a little X, Y axis, uh, somewhat mm -hmm. similar to what you would normally do when you're zeroing a thermal scope. It's a little different, mm -hmm. but you're basically going to have to move that. They call it calibrating the screen. You're going to move this screen until uh, you're now, when you shoot, you're hitting right where your daytime optic reticle is. And I guess that's something, I mean, I should mention uh, for some people that don't quite understand, there is no reticle in this. I mean, you're, you're using mm -hmm. the crosshair in your daytime scope. So the, the, that's why if you're watching videos of these, you won't see a crosshair. That's because it's recorded in front of the daytime scope. The reticle is provided by your optic. So you're looking through there. So if you have a POI shift, which I think is pretty likely, you're going to need to go in here and adjust this. Now, one thing uh, that needs to be noted is that there's not multiple profiles in here. So if you want to move this from rifle to rifle, unfortunately, you're probably, uh, you know, or from optic to optic, maybe I should say, you may have to adjust those settings for mm. each optic. Um I'm just telling you, there, there's a little bit there. If you're wanting to move this across, you know, four different rifle scopes, uh, you might run into some issues with having POI shift across all of those. 
Um, it, it's, you know, you may find a, a creative way to fix that. Maybe that is because it's all digital. There's an X and a Y axis. Yeah. You can read those numbers. You could save that and say, this mm -hmm. is what I do for my, you know, whatever, my Vortex three to nine 50 millimeter. This is where I put the X and the Y for my Zyscope, what have you. But it is worth noting that you would also not be able to make any adjustments to where this is pointing. You remember how I was showing you all that? You start moving that, those X and the Y are going to change again. So that's just something to be aware of. Now, Hans, I know we, we've, we've talked about a, a lot of weird things, but I think yeah. we need to really, this is the point we want to drive home in this show. I think we need to talk about not just who it's good for. I think we'll do that towards the end, but what scopes this is realistically good for and maybe right. what it's not good for and why. So go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm going to say, you know, what optics is good for, I, you know, the recommendation from Pulsar is 1.5 to 6 power. I, I'm going to back that down a little, honestly. I, I'm going to say... Uh, what if you're running a daytime optic and a lot of people are using high-end daytime optics and they want to keep it on there but it's really going to be good for guys that are running a, a one power mm -hmm. you know i ran it on a three power and that's kind of stretching it so i mean tell them why they I'm say one it. well so like i said pulsar says 1.5 to 6 power base magnification is what's recommended for or or max magnification six power the reason why three power is stretching it is a little bit what Jason mentioned. Um, when you are running a th three power based daytime optic and it's you're looking through your your scope and into the clip on the thermal uh, image through the through the device uh, at three power, you're you cannot see the entire thermal screen. So uh, to be more exact, at the bottom of the screen, when you're with the videos that you saw, at the very bottom, there's a what we call an info strip. So it's got information of what mode you're in, your, you know, the time, you know, if you're recording or not. There's a lot of information down there at the bottom. Well, at three power, uh, if you, let's say you want to see, you want to have the info strip in your site through the daytime scope, um, that means whenever you uh, try to go into the the menu, the full menu of the scope, it's going to cut off some of that stuff on the screen. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to see if it's record, so the recording icon is kind of in the top right. Uh, if you are, you know, if the viewfinder, if you want the info strip in your on your in your screen, you're not that recording icon is not going to show up in your scope, and it's hard to understand. I, and that's why, you know, if you're interested, you definitely got to call us because we got to talk through this. But, um, you know, without being able to show it, it's a little bit difficult to understand. But you just at three power, you're not going to be able to see all the information, all the text, um, all the entire menu, the info strip and the recording indicator all at the same time on three power. I guess that's the most yeah. plain way to put it. I, I think that's the perfect way of putting it. Here's the weird part. Hans has got a three to nine uh, 50 millimeter vortex. That's probably one of the most common mm -hmm. daytime rifle scopes in America. I mean, a three to nine 50 millimeter. Um, I was running on a, uh, I don't know if I was a three to 12 or three to 14. It's a Zeiss 42 millimeter. 
Now, this is where things get kind of weird. So even though mine was a three power and it was a 42 millimeter, I could see a little more of the screen than he could at 50 millimeter. Okay, so it's kind of strange, uh, but it's just the way that the optic was built. I still cannot see everything on the screen at three power. So I, I think that's personally the, the maximum that I would want. Mm -hmm. I have one power, right. a one and a half, a two, a two and a half. Th that is where I, I think that's the scope that this is really mm -hmm. designed for. Mm -hmm. I think right. if you've got, I can tell you this, this is my opinion. I'm going to say this out loud and Hans, you can shoot me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> if you've got a four to 14 or large, I mean, I'd say a four to let's just say a four power or larger base mag. This is not the, this is not going to work. Right. I mean, do you agree right. with that? I mean, it's just not Absolutely. ideally. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And when we've had call, people call and ask about it, that's one of the thir first thing Jason and I are going to bring up. You know, what what daytime scope are you running? And there's been some guys that you've told them, they're like, you know, I run a, a five power, five a to 20 power, power scope. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and you're like, man, this is, it, it's going to be better for, you know, something one to three. And they're like, oh, man, okay. Well, you know, thanks for letting me know. Yeah. But it's very important. The last thing you want to do is get this thing you know, $5,300 and it not work. And the last thing a dealer wants to do is sell you something that's, that they know is not going to work and, and yeah. have to feel, you know, full yeah. with that. But yeah, definitely one to three is going to be. The yeah, and it doesn't. Spot. And folks said, I don't mean that your scope can't go up to nine or 12 or 20 power. Right. I don't care about that. Right. I'm just talking about the, the usable range. Now I'm going to say one more thing that, that I was playing with this. And I think this is you know, worth noting. You can zoom up above three. Say you get into that mm -hmm. four or mm -hmm. five power. You can still see through the unit. You can still shoot. You can still do everything. It's still a usable optic, but you will have no ability to see any of your information strip on the bottom. You won't, you may not be able to see if you press the menu button, so that menu pops up. You may not see all that. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be, as long as you're not trying to do that, if you just got the unit and it's like, hey, there's a coyote out there at 250 yards and I need to shoot him and I can't shoot him at, at one and a half or two power, crank that buddy up. If that's, I mean, really, you're still going to be able yeah. to see through the unit. You're still going to have your crosshairs from your daytime scope. You're going to be able to take that shot. Okay. Um, right. So I, I want to be make sure we're, we're explaining it well. People don't understand and think they cannot zoom it up. You can. But it, you've also got to remember, you've got a fixed screen here that you're looking at inside this unit. And you are just zooming in on that. So as you zoom up, it, it is it is making, you're seeing less and less and less of that screen as you, you know, drill into it, per se, with your magnification. So mm -hmm. your field of view is going to get narrower. Now. The one outlier here that we haven't talked about is what if you got a 56 millimeter scope? You know, I mean, well, n n now that's different. Okay. I mean, you, you may, you may have a wide enough field of view that maybe at three power, you are able to see a little more of this information. So maybe you're able to see it all. It's going to be optic to optic to optic dependent, just like my 42 millimeter. We'll see a little more than Hans is 50 millimeter. So you're going to have to play with it. But we can generally say three power needs to be about the tops of your yeah. optic. And, and if you're going to get this thing and you're going to look through it and you're going to say, I can't see that whole strip at the bottom. 
that's a no go for me. Don't buy it. Yeah. That's my yeah. answer. If if you're yeah. willing to say, hey, you know what? If I can see most of it, if I can, you know, I can see the crosshairs, I can shoot, I'm doing good, go for it. But if you're right. concerned about that, you know, I, I can't see all the menu, then then I would say it's a no go. Um, now, I think we've explained that pretty well. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, guys, we're not trying to be negative. We're trying to be honest because we want, this is a lot of money. I mean, this is a lot. We want to make sure you know what you're getting. So let's talk a little bit about the the pros and the cons. We've, we've talked about mm -hmm. a lot of the, the cons per se. Um, I'm going to kind of go down that real quick. Just, just a few things okay. that, that I think. Number one, we, we've already mentioned, you, you may have to make the adjustment to your, your zero in here, not into your daytime mm -hmm. scope, but in here, because there mm -hmm. could be a POI shift. Um, I think that it is, I don't want to say this is difficult, but there is a lot of things going on. I mean, you're going to have to be prepared to, you know, get the mount on your rifle, whether you use the adapters over your scope or, you know, if, you know, ideally you mount it with the Picatinny rail mount, that's the easiest. Uh, but you're going to have to be prepared for that. If you're going to move it from rifle to rifle, it's going to take some adjusting. It's going to take, if you're using those adapters, getting the different inserts, if it's a different objective lens size. Um, again, we've already mentioned you're really, it's, it, you're going to want to stick with the lower base power on your scopes. Um, I think that the the truth is, guys, it's just kind of what we brought up about, about clip-ons before. Um, and I guess this is probably the spoiler of, of kind of, you know, have we completely changed our mind? The image that you're going to see looking through your daytime scope, and I don't care how good of a scope it is. I mean, I'm using a Zeiss. It's a nice scope. Looking through there, looking at this image, will not be anywhere near as good as if you bought another Pulsar, you know, 640 high resolution yeah. thermal scope. You the can, regular Thermion XP50. Thermion XP50. It's, it, it's not, uh, yeah. So, and, and I don't think that's a, a controversial statement. No. I think anybody would agree with that. I don't, I even think Pulsar would agree with that. What you're buying a clip on for, though, uh, is the convenience of it. And that's what people, what attracts people the most. But, right. but yeah, anybody that we've talked to, and this is the case for any clip on by any manufacturer. You're going to get more for your money by by buying a dedicated thermal rifle scope, uh, you know. And, yeah. But you know these these clip-ons, and let's go back very quickly. These clip-ons are very popular in Europe. I mean, very. and that's why we have it. That's why we have it, y'all. That's because they they put it they put it out in Europe. People over there go crazy for it. It's it's I think I think people are getting more on board with the idea of it here. But again, it's not as popular as it is over there. Uh, with not the even close. Yeah. Not even close. So, and so he, Hans is right. I mean, it's not even close. So, so hang on, we're, we'll, we'll get back kind of in our, in our summary. Hans was, was dead on with all that. All right, so let's talk about some of the things we like. Um, I like the fact, and Hans, I mean, chime in anytime. I'm just taking over here. I, I like mm -hmm. the fact that you get everything in the box. I mean, mm -hmm. this is from the Picatinny mount to the objective lens adapters to all the inserts to, I mean, it's everything you need, the remote control, whatever. This is a package deal. And right. I like that. You don't have to have anything else to, to use this unit and mount it on your rifle. Right. 
yeah, it comes to, it's a very, what we call a nice presentation when you get it nice case, all the accessories you need. I mean, th that's a great thing is people, people get overwhelmed by what accessories do I need? What do I need to get? What else do I need to buy? You know, there's usually a, a list of uh, mm -hmm. things that sometimes go with an optic, but this, you know, it's nice to be able to tell somebody, Hey, it's all in the box, right? You know, what you get, whatever, whatever size daytime scope you're using pretty much, uh, you know, you're going to have an adjustment to fix it. So, or to make it fit. So that's a great positive. I also like, uh, obviously the battery life on it. I mean, it's uh, eight hour runtime on the battery. These battery packs are, um, if you're familiar with the Helions or the, the, uh, the trail twos or the old trails, you know, these battery packs, uh, the accolades, you know, yep. takes these battery packs. So, um, very interchangeable. I love the battery pack on it. Uh, I love the fact that it does give great battery life and to tell you the truth, I mean, uh, in Pulsar fashion, uh, it is from a, uh, from a, I guess a, a, a technology standpoint, it is pretty easy to figure out and use mm -hmm. and maneuver through the menu. Once yes. you get it technically set up and I, and I you know, where physically, it's set on up. Your, physically, yeah, that's a better word. Physically set up on your scope, maneuvering through the menus and setting it up and Very. you know getting all that done. Not that hard at no, all. It's really not. No, no, no. I mean, once you, like you said, once you get it physically set up, that's probably the most difficult part of it, I would say. And yep. other than that, it's it's very simple. Yeah, the the, the when you get into the main menu, yeah, it is mm -hmm. it is simpler. Is that a word? <laughs> More simple. Simpler. It is More easier simpler. than the menu on a normal Pulsar thermal rifle scope, which I think is really easy. There's just less right. options because you're not you don't have mm -hmm. reticles, you don't have you know zeroing yeah. and all that stuff. So it's it, it's really easy to maneuver. I think two more things I would say. I do appreciate, and this kind of goes along with all the accessories, but I do appreciate that there is multiple ways to mount it. I mean, it's, you know, you, you mount it using those adapters. Uh, you got a wide range of, of you know, uh, optics that you can put it on. I like the fact you can use the Picatinny rail uh, adapter as well. And I think the final thing, and this is a big deal, is of all the clip-ons that I've handled, and I've handled a lot, this is and this is not going to be a shock to any Pulsar owner or anybody who's familiar with Pulsar. It's just a dang well-built unit. I mean, it mm -hmm. just, when you touch it and you feel it, and I'll say this, it's kind of heavy, uh, but it's a Pulsar. It is nice. Mm -hmm. This is all well thought out. This menu, this focus, I mean, the battery, it, it is a well-made, right. designed, high-quality optic exactly what you would expect from Pulsar if you're familiar with them. This is why people buy Pulsar. And even though when you go to clip this thing on, there's a lot of adjustments. Like I said, you can move all this and it gets kind of, you need three hands. But in reality, that's a benefit that they're giving you rather than just put it on there. Well, I can't see everything. Yeah. Well, sorry. I mean, they're, right. they're giving you all these options to make it fit a wider variety of optics. And again, once you see how to set it up, you know, it's going to be easier after the first time, like anything, you get the first one done, you go, okay, I see what if I move this here and what this is doing. Right. So, you know, there's that now. I know we're going along on this show, but the, these these clip-ons are so complicated. There's just a, a lot going on that, that rather than just slapping a, a, a scope on your rifle. Hans, realistically, at the end of the day, who is this good for 
and who mm-hmm. is it maybe not good for? Let's let's talk about that. There there are yeah. there are customers out there that this is the perfect unit for them. They buy them. They're super happy. Who is yeah. that guy? I, I you and may I we didn't talk about this at all. So you and I might disagree. Um, I would way. say that this is going to be perfect for uh, somebody that considers themselves a daytime hunter first. Mm-hmm. And an occasional night nighttime hunter. Uh, if you are hunting several, or if you plan on night hunting, you know, several times a month, a dozen times a month, it, you know, if this yeah. is going to be a, a big hobby for you, night hunting, um, this probably isn't the optic for you. If you consider yourself a big time day uh, daytime hunter, whether it's I don't know deer hunting, whatever you're hunting, predator hunting, anything during the day. Um, but at night you don't want to get out of stand a mm-hmm. few times a month or, or occasionally, you know, if you just would say, you know what, I, I want to stay in after, after dark and, and shoot a coyote at this pig that's laying over here, I'm just going to slip this clip on in. So I would say it is for the occasional nighttime hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, and for somebody that really considers them a dedicated daytime hunter, um, that loves their daytime optic, doesn't want to take it off, and uh, wants to shoot a little bit after dark. That's what I would say is going to be perfect for. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. This is not for the nighttime hunter that you're going out and doing this all the time. You know, even if even if you say, well, I only hunt seasonally. You know, maybe I just hunt in the cool months. You know after deer season. So, you know, maybe it's January, February, March, but I hunt a lot then. Well, still probably not for you. It, but if you're yeah. like Han said, if you're the occasional guy, I think if you're the guy, this is who I, I, I think has been over the years, my largest clip on customer. And it's the guy who has a high end custom rifle. Okay. Whether that's a bolt gun, whether it's an AR, it is a high end fancy custom rifle and he's got a right. very expensive scope on it whether that's mm-hmm. a Zeiss, a Swarovski, a Smithbender, whatever it is uh you know he he's got a nice optic and it's like this is my baby this thing is blood sweat and tears yeah. it cost a whole whole lot of money and I want to go out and kill a coyote tonight or I want to go kill a hog tonight or I'm going out with you know got invited to go on this hunt that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I'm invited to go on this hunt. We're going to go out there. But, man, I want to take my, my favorite rifle. And I don't want to take the scope off. I think that's who it's for. I think it's really, really good for that guy who says, I want to clip this thing on. Again, I'm going to go a few times, what have you. Um, and I know there's some people going, well, who's pay $5,300 and do that? But, you know, there's a lot of guys that have thousands of dollars in their custom rifle and, and daytime optics. So uh, I think it, you know, can make sense for them. Uh, I, I think that the idea that a lot of people have is that, uh, you know, I've got five, you know, Woodstock bolt guns in the gun safe. Mm-hmm. I got my 270, my 243, my 308. <laughs> what, and I'm just going to move this from rifle to rifle to rifle. And some of those optics are three power and some are going to be four and a half power and some may be six power. I don't think this is the perfect optic for that. Um, I think right. you would be cheaper and better off buying another rifle or using one of those, something else you got mm-hmm. in the gun safe and putting a dedicated scope on right. it. Again, Pulsar makes some fabulous dedicated mm-hmm. thermal scopes 
that you even that cost less than this that you will mm -hmm. get a better experience out of on a dedicated Absolutely. you know dedicated setup but if that's not what you want to do and that's mm -hmm. not right for you then this is an option uh, guys if you've been watching this show you know that we try to be very honest about the scopes we always try to nitpick find what we don't like find what we do like we've done the same thing on this show i think there's a lot of people that are going to hear this show and they're going to say these guys were just negative nancy and i don't think that's true at all i think we're being you know honest and i think we're telling you what it will do and what it won't do and and han said it the very last thing we want to do as a dealer is to sell you something that we know in the back of our minds probably not going to work for what he wants it to do because why well number one it's dishonest number two we're gonna have an unhappy customer and that is not what we're here for we're here for happy customers we're here for repeat business we're here for word of mouth business and that's what we've tried to do at the late night vision show is bring you the honest reviews do i think that this is a you know whatever the word is a don't buy this is our first negative review ever done. Don't buy it. It's trash. No, by no means. I think it's one of the best clip-ons we've ever seen. I just think you need to understand what it's really made for, how it's really going to work, so that there's no confusion about it or surprises when you get it. Yep, well said. So if you're interested in purchasing uh, the Pulsar Krypton or any other night vision or thermal optic, or if you just need to figure it out and see what's right for you, give us a call again. You can talk to me or Jason at 877-350-1818. Uh, you can find, again, all of our products on OutdoorLegacyGear.com. Uh, go check us out on all the social medias. You can find us on uh, you can find Outdoor Legacy on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on all the forums. You can find me on YouTube at Hans ETX uh, and on Instagram at Hans ETX. That's H-A-N-S-E-T-X. Go check out all of our past episodes on the LateNightVisionShow.com. Thank you all for watching again. It's been a great week. Absolutely, guys. Appreciate you. Anything you need, you know where to find us. Uh, we hope to be back next week with another great show. Between now and then, you all stay safe in the fields. Keep making those bacon pancakes.